Welcome back to another episode of the Membership IQ. I'm Sarah Sladek, your host, and this is where you go to get smart about membership. Got to increase that membership intelligence. If you are new to this podcast, I want to welcome you and uh, let you know that these are off the cuff unscripted. It's just me talking about a topic and a strategy that I think you will find very helpful in your work as a membership organization. And these podcasts are available both via audio streaming and video. So if you are tuning in today via video, you will see that I have a snow globe from Holland and it is snowing in Holland. Oh my gosh, I love snow globes, don't you? I have a daughter who collects snow globes. So the first time we went to Holland, I of course had to get her a snow globe from Holland. And um, I have to tell you, when I was in the Netherlands, I uh, discovered, the first time I was there was um, several years ago, and I discovered this amazing dessert, um, this Stroop waffle. Oh, this little caramel delicacy that I just ate and ate a lot of while I was in the Netherlands because I thought when I leave here, I'm not going to have access to the Stroop waffle. And I bought a whole bunch of them and I lugged them home in my luggage. And then, and then about eight, nine, 10 months later, I was in the grocery store and uh, I came across this section in the grocery store. It said new international foods. And there was my beloved Stroopwafel. And I had a few feelings about this. Part of me was excited, but part of me was really disappointed. And I bought a pack of uh, the Stroopwafels, and I got to tell you, it just didn't taste as good as when you are in the Netherlands. Um, there's something about being there and the experience. Um Sometimes when our experiences are really unique, we don't want them to be duplicated. We want to keep them unique. We want to keep them special. And um, and when they're duplicated, they're just not the same. So there's that aspect of the Stroopwafel lesson. But also, have you noticed the world is getting smaller and smaller because of technology and globalization. You know, if you've never known life without technology, which we now have generations that have been raised never knowing life without technology, that is something else that you've never known life without, and that is globalization. If you've been raised with technology, you've always had the opportunity to buy products and services from all over the world and to meet people and network with people all over the world. And you tend to think way beyond your own backyard. You're thinking about how do I access information on a bigger scale? Because that's what you're accustomed to. That's what you're used to, this idea of globalization. Um, so recently, our firm did a global study, uh, the Global Membership Health Matrix. We wanted to really understand how membership is performing internationally. We wanted to know um, through both the lens of association leaders and staff and boards of directors, as well as via 
member experiences. How are our associations performing? Because we tend to often hear that, um, well, it really depends on region. We even hear this within national organizations. Well, what works for people in Texas is going to be really, really different from what works for people in Minnesota. And it certainly isn't applicable to members who live in France or Germany or Holland or China or Australia. It's different. Associations are different. Well, now we have research to prove that it's not so different after all. Our world has gotten smaller. Associations are experiencing similar experiences. And there were a few key takeaways from the global research that we need to realize that uh, we actually are all in this together. And that's an opportunity. And we're not that different. Um, it's the equivalent of having that um, that that international food section in your grocery store. You no longer have to travel all the way over to Holland to get the waffle. It tastes better in Holland, but that's beside the point. The point is globalization is happening. We're now having more shared experiences. It's now easier than ever to transport information, products, and services and experiences And our consumers, the members themselves, are expecting very um, similar uh, results and experiences from their memberships, regardless of where they live. So two two main key findings that I want to share with you today from this global research. They're really important. Number one associations worldwide are experiencing difficulty engaging younger generations. This isn't something that just you are experiencing, just your industry is experiencing, just your community is experiencing. It is universal. It is everywhere. I've talked on this podcast about this before, about how the United Nations, for Pete's sake, (laughs) ushered up a call to action a few years ago that said, yo, we got to be looking at this youth situation. We've got to be working with youth, not for youth. And um, associations are well positioned to be leading the charge in that regard. But are they? No, we have work to do. And the data shows that regardless of where you're living and working and doing business, associations everywhere and businesses and organizations everywhere are struggling to engage younger generations. Why? Not because of some random character flaw that all of a sudden evolved out of out of the, out of the soil and all of a sudden we have entire generations that have no desire to belong or have any sense of community. No, that's not what it is at all. It's because we have seen the modernization of, because of technology, of community building. 
what worked in the past isn't working anymore. So younger generations are saying, eh, this doesn't really make sense to me. This doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't interest me. This culture that you have going on with your antiquated models and your outdated technology, it's just not fast enough. It's not global enough. It doesn't appeal to me, so I'm not going to join. That's number one. Associations everywhere are struggling to engage younger generations. It's got to become an imperative to listen to what young people want and be responsive. Otherwise, we have no succession plan. We have no one coming into associations. Number two, associations everywhere are observing the workforce crisis. Now, these two situations are actually interrelated. Because if our member companies are struggling to engage younger generations of employees, of course, of course, our associations are going to struggle to engage young members. The two are so interconnected and we need to be paying attention to the trends because now if it's not happening already in your community or industry or profession, it's going to happen. Now we have individuals ushering up a call to action to associations to say, we expect you to take the lead on workforce development. We expect you to provide training, help us bridge skill gaps, help us to find and recruit and retain workers, help us to become the next generation employers of choice. Because clearly what worked in the past isn't working anymore. So it doesn't matter whether it's uh, snowing in Holland or snowing in India or snowing in Australia or Canada or Timbuktu or Lubbock, Texas. It doesn't matter. We are all in this together and associations everywhere are being called to modernize, prioritize, and meet the urgent needs of a changing marketplace. So it's time to stop thinking about that waffle and get out there and make some real change happen. Change that is clearly happening everywhere. I'm Sarah Sladek. Thanks for tuning in. 